Sport to Song Boxing Podcast. Seconds out. Welcome to round 35 of the Sporty Song Boxing Podcast with myself, Alex of the Box, and of course, Rob Boxing Shrew. Rob, how you, how are you on round 35 of Sporty Song? Yeah, I'm, I'm good, mate. Interesting week. Um, how are you? It's been a very interesting week, not only in the world of boxing, but in the world of boxing Twitter. We love it. <laughs> it's yeah. always a, a great theatre, isn't it? Boxing Twitter. But um, yeah, there's, been, there's always great to see a little bit of intrigue in particular fights, which we are going to be coming on to. Um, to kick off the podcast, Rob, we want to start with a very special announcement and a special boxer from Spain, don't we? Yeah, definitely. Um, Kiko Martinez obviously announced his retirement. Um, nearly a 20-year career, which you know a lot of fighters don't have you know yeah. that, that longevity nowadays and um i think he was beyond the gatekeeper wasn't he um yeah. at times he, he you thought he was one and then he'd win a world title won a second world title um yeah just um i i, I mentioned on online a, a couple of days ago he's just a bit of a staple of british boxing as well really with some of the names that he fought yeah absolutely um i think kiko martinez you sort of when you hear his name you just get these flashes and images of these fantastic nights of boxing he, he he was he was one of those boxers who just was not in a boring fight was he there always seemed to be some sort of drama um in his fights and uh what a fantastic career rob i know you've made a few notes on him i mean what are some standout sort of fights for you well i mean obviously the standout fight was um, the way he knocked out kid galahad um i mean that that was not expected whatsoever given his form against some of the you know the british fighters before that but yeah um it was a who's who of british fighters around that weight really um just some select through rendell monroe you know earlier on in his career yeah um i believe that was his first loss um lost twice to frampton obviously he was in Fra- uh, warrington twice scott quigg zelfa barrett kid galahad as i mentioned jordan gill um you know overseas he was in with leo santa cruz like um i know he didn't win all those fights but that's, that's um borderline Hall of Fame resume, isn't it? Yeah, and, and you know, you, you say, Rob, he didn't win all those fights, but he was always so competitive, wasn't he? Yeah. And I think that spirit and that competitiveness just, you know, won the sort of hearts of not only British um, boxing fans, but worldwide as well. And uh, Five times f- European champion as well. It's extremely rare. Yeah, and do you know what? It was really funny this week because Steve Bunce put a tweet out and um, at first I wasn't too sure that I agreed with it, but um, he's sort of airing towards a sort of, um, well, sorry, Baluta is almost airing towards that same sort of, <laughs> he's fitting that same sort of niche, isn't he, at the moment? I know, I know what not... he means. Yeah, I know yeah, what he means. Yeah, yeah, and, 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 and when Bunce first said it, I, I sort of thought, well, I don't know if I quite agree with that, but then I suppose it's it's a similar mould, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Kiko was quite beloved here, really, just like Baluta is becoming, um, yeah. you know, that as well. So, um, yeah, completely understand that um, that uh, comparison. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's quite interesting. But Kiko Martiz- Martinez, if you're listening, I'm sure you probably are. Um, <laughs> in- in- enjoy your retirement because it is absolutely deserved. Now, Sport to Song listeners, on this podcast, we are going to be delving into up 
upcoming fights. There's a big fight coming up in the heavyweight division, Alexander Usyk versus Daniel Dubois, which has been much, much debate on Twitter boxing. And me and Rob are going to unravel that chat in a moment. And also later on in the podcast, we are speaking with Liam O'Hare, who is Hereford Pro Boxer, uh, friend of the podcast. He was actually on the first Sport de Song podcast, wasn't he, Rob? Yeah, back in the day, yeah. Back in the day. So we'll be chatting with Liam O'Hare after his last victory, which was actually a stoppage victory. So we'll be chatting about that a little bit later. Rob, shall we start with this heavyweight division fight between Alexander Usyk and Daniel Dubois? Of course, of course. Um, yeah, I mean, we've <laughs> we've had so many different conversations about this just in the last two or three days um, on different opinions and yeah, um, where where do, where do we even start with this? Well, where I want to start, Rob, and um, I, I want to start with this fight being, it was, I wouldn't say it was under the radar, but pe- people weren't really paying much attention to it. It was all eyes on Anthony Joshua versus uh, Dillian White, and we don't have to go into that. And I, I, I think this fight was, I think you might have put a, a poll out at some point, and, th- and this fight was almost sort of, pushed to the wayside but um, I've always had my eye on this fight and I I do think it's a very intriguing fight but for a lot of different reasons um, which we're going to push push into now um, I, I think first and foremost if we're looking at who's going to win the fight which is a good place to start which is what yeah we'll get the predictions out of the way yeah uh, yeah a prediction out of the way is I, I think what we've got to look at on this basis which is where I think Twitter boxing's gone a bit wayward in the last week or so is, is that, you know, this fight is heavily tipped towards Usyk. I, I think you don't have to be a boxing expert. You don't have to be an ex pro boxer to sort of realize that the, you know, the sort of odds on this fight is leaning heavily towards Usyk, not only for his, how he boxes, his ability and his results in a boxing ring. Um, but, as we've said all along, Rob, and we've spoken about this fight in previous podcasts, Daniel Dubois has a puncher's chance. He's got that heavyweight puncher's chance to get a stoppage in this fight, doesn't he? Um, yeah, absolutely. I would. Um, it's sort of Alexa define a puncher's chance, isn't it? Because this is the absolute <laughs> ideal example of that saying. Um, I I really, really struggle um to see it happen um i mean a lot of people have got a bit carried away with the the romance of of dubois winning this weekend um Mm -hmm. by the way before you know there's going to be a lot of reasons coming up why we probably don't think dubois will win and this isn't hate on dubois we actually both want him to win so of course just want to put that out there as a british fight of course we want him to win um but it's all it's very easy to sit on twitter and come out with crazy predictions and look hipster um, to, you know, and then eventually getting one of these calls right and bit claiming genius. Do you know what I mean? It's, um, but we've got to be realistic. Yeah. I, I actually agree with you, Rob. And, and I, I think if we're pushing on that sort of um, that spin of Dubois winning this fight, it is literally purchasing a lottery ticket. It feels like I'm going over overall ground. Cause we said it in, uh, one of our last podcasts, but um, the, the the reality, if, if if we get a version of of reality on on this Dubois chance, which has been sort of pushed around 
um, certainly Twitter boxing, it's come firmly from Dev Sani. And De- Dev Sani, of course, listen, we ne- I absolutely love Dev Sani. We both do. What a great yeah. guy. But he's got a job to do you know, with Queen- Queensbury. And he's got a job to go out there and sell Daniel Dubois to the public, which I completely understand. And there's, there's, there's no problem with that. Your, your facts forward. But I think to sort of jump on that and express that Dubois is going to win this fight on factual basis um, or certainly putting it out there that he's going to win in spectacular fashion, I think is, I think we're talking fantasy. Um, Complete, completely agree. I completely yeah, agree. And, 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 you know, the other question I've got for you, Rob, you know, does Dubois take out Usyk with that sort of one punch or a flurry of punches? Does he, does he push Usyk onto the ropes and give him this, this sort of beating that we sort of expected Joshua to give him. You know, we, we, we've we seen evidence that Joshua tried to stick it on on Usyk and he couldn't really get near him. So I, I just wonder why we now believe that, you know, it's suddenly going to change and Dubois is going to become this this predator in the ring. Um, completely, completely agree. Um, two years ago, I, I absolutely thought AJ would would deal with a smaller heavyweight in Usyk but look how wrong we were and the reasons behind that you know um, you're right why is Dubois suddenly the man to beat Usyk there's been no indication that Usyk slowed down or aged overnight Dubois hasn't shown me anything other than knockouts against fringe level at best opponents um, and he got out jabbed and out boxed by Joe Joyce mm-hmm. um, and no disrespect to Joe Joyce but um, you know Usyk's footwork jab and his overall boxing IQ is next level beyond Joe Joyce. Um, you know, but Dubois made Joe Joyce look like a prime Amir Khan in there. Do you know what I mean? It was like made him look quick. Yeah. So that being said, I, I think Usyk's going to absolutely bamboozle him, mentally tire him out and stop him late. Yeah. Do you know what, Rob? I, I, I actually, I, I do agree. That's been on my mind. I, I, I think I've said it all along. I, I think this, chance for Usyk the heavyweight to sort of I know he beat Joshua I know he had success um in other heavyweight fights but I think this fight's going to really sort of show him cement it, it yeah yeah and show him in a really good light I think he's going to be big strong and dominant and I think um I think if, if we're talking about I'm going to go back to my original um on the fight and um that is I think Dubois is going to show a lot of determination I think he's an awful lot of courage I think he's going to burst out in certain rounds I think he might win a round or two and I said that on Twitter and someone almost went they said how on earth do you believe Dubois is going to win a round and I just think I just think out of sheer guts determination to go and do well I think he could potentially nick a couple of rounds that's that, 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 that's what I'm, st- I'm I'm sticking to that's a fair. That's a fair shout. I mean, you know, even I actually would be really, really surprised if it goes twelve because if if Dubois sticks with Usyk for twelve rounds and goes through that mental torture yeah. of a bit like what Bell you had to go through until the stoppage, yeah, then fucking fair play to him. Do you know what I mean? Like to see the final bell, it would be amazing. Um, I hope he lands on him, but you can't hit what you can't catch, and Josh will prove that. Absolutely, um, Rob. Just to touch on a quick point, there's been. There's been a, lots of sort of um, stuff dug up about this fight. Someone the other day, uh, a big name in the sport, uh, heavyweight, mentioned um, a previous heavyweight fight with Usyk against Chisora and said that Chisora 
stuck it on Usyk and and <laughs> almost sort of um, sort of clawed his way into the fight. And he said Usyk struggled. And um, do, do we take anything from the Chisora fight, Rob? No. Um, and and it, it bugs me that for the last couple of years, everyone says, um, oh, Chisora showed the blueprint how to beat Usyk. He lost. He didn't beat Usyk. Um I think Usyk was holding something back there, and and Usyk kind of indicated that in his um, interview with Dev um, that he, he he had plenty left in the tank. Um, it did him a lot of good being in with someone like Chisora, you know, someone who was just rough and ready, um, grabbing, um, heavy as well. Um, and yeah, I, I take very little from that fight because I I would rather look at the Joshua fights because they're more current. Joshua was a much higher ranked um, heavyweight than Chisora. And I would compare Dubois to Joshua much easier than the style of, of Chisora. Yeah, and just to touch on that, uh, touch on that uh, point, Rob, I did um, hear Dev Sani actually ask Usyk, it was translating, he, he said, you know, did you not show as much against Chisora to sort of try and lure the Anthony Joshua fight? And it, it got translated and I was waiting, thinking, hang about. And he, he he nodded and said, yeah, yeah. He just grinned, didn't he? Yeah, he grinned and sort of nodded and said like, yeah, you know, that's, yeah, that's what happened. And, and it, I thought, you know, wow, you know, you really are dealing with someone who... Uh, yeah is out there to sort of, um, you know, get into these, these big fights. This is a, this is a, a, a mandatory fight, isn't it? Yeah. Against uh, Dubois. Can well, I just make one, one other point? Sorry. Um, I know, like we were saying about Dev having a job to do in fair play, same with Frank Warren. Um, but it's, it's very easy for Frank to just sit there and, all he keeps saying is it's his time. Well, that's no good after round ten when he's absolutely fucked and his um his, his trainer ain't gonna go to him. Don't worry, Daniel, it's your time. Do you know what I mean? Like it means nothing. They're just throwaway comments. Um, and I and I guarantee you, if Frank Warren promoted Alexander Usyk, he would be saying that Dubois doesn't stand a chance this weekend. I really do. Yeah, listen, I know, and th- 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 this is where we have to sort of sort of rein in some of these theories. Now, Rob, can I just put you on the fence here and just ask? Is there a way that Dubois wins this fight not by knockout? I mean, and, and I know it's a stupid not in a question, years. but you know, it, uh, it, you know, we're all talking about Usyk being blown out of the ring by Dubois. But is there another angle to this that we we haven't sort of looked at? No, no, and, no. And, um, the only way Daniel Dubois wins is um, he blows him out of there. He does catch him and stops him, which. You know, there's a very small percent chance of that happening, but it could. Or Usyk gets injured. Like, <laughs> it's as simple as that. Um, I will give you any odd in the world that, of Dubois winning on points in Poland <laughs> against Alexander Usyk. There's, yeah. there's more chance of platin piss, mate, honestly. Yeah, listen, and uh, sport to song listeners, look, uh, let's go back to to a little bit of reality here. You know, we are boxing fans. There's no one out here saying that we are boxing experts. As no. are a lot of people on on Twitter boxing. I think boxing. <laughs> I, 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 what, what I'm going to say to that is that you know, boxing opinions and uh, people giving. I think it's absolutely brilliant. Boxing is so sub subjective. You can literally you know pick out a round, or you can suggest that someone's going to be knocked out. And I, I think it makes boxing a, a great sport up for discussion. And I'm all up for um, opinions. But I think when people are putting out, you know. F- factual bias um sort of commentaries well, and lack sort of facts of, yeah yeah lack of I, I just find it a little hard 
to swallow. But there we go. Uh, yeah, and just, just on the, the opinion thing as well. You know, there's a lot of people at the minute who are attacking other people's opinions, and it it doesn't matter whether you you like matchroom shows, Queensbury shows, Japanese small hall shows. Do you know what I mean? It's um, you like what you like, and um, don't come at people because of their own opinions. That's all I'd say. Yeah, there we go. Now, sports on listeners, as we said earlier, we are going to be speaking with Liam O'Hare. Liam O'Hare was on the first Sport de Song podcast. What a lovely bloke he is. He's also yeah. raising money for charity, which we're going to speak to um, Liam, Liam about for um, veterans, army veterans and emergency service. That's an unbelievable challenge, veterans. by the way. It is. We are going to be coming on to that later. I believe it's 128 miles there we go <laughs> now rob listen there is another fight coming up which i wanted to talk to you about um and for me it's almost sweeping up the debris of the flyweight division yes sunny edwards versus bam rodriguez it's been made in december desert diamond arena wherever that is you can arizona in arizona there we go this is some fight isn't it rob yeah, really, really good. Um, it's the one that we've been waiting for for ages, to be honest. Um, Sonny moving to Matchroom, this was the one that was always going to be lined up. Well, we hope so anyway, and it finally is because, you know, love him or hate him, Sonny Edwards is one of the most avoided fighters in our world. Um, yeah. And that's been ever since he's been British champion up to now as um, as world champion. Um, he's just a very, very tough puzzle to, to figure out. Um but on the flip side, you know, Bam is probably one of the more feared punchers in the division. So um, it should be interesting. Um, you know, what are your initial thoughts on it before we go to well, sort of predictions? Yeah, I mean, well, just touching on that when you say it should be interesting. I think I think for the flyweight division, um, I think it is the most interesting fight out there. It's what everyone's been asking for, um, aside from Martinez as well. But um yeah, I, I, I think it's an absolutely beautiful fight. I watched Sonny Edwards box um, in his last, his first fight with Matchroom. I watched it live, um, thanks to Matchroom and Eddie Hearn. And uh, I, I was seriously impressed with Sonny Edwards. I really enjoyed watching him box. I think uh, we had a conversation about it, Rob, and we said on the podcast that, you know, he's a very much a purist uh sort of boxing fans boxer, isn't yeah. he? You know, you, you, you watch Sonny Edwards to see the you know the art of boxing you know he's um i think you appreciate over enjoy sometimes don't you i think so yeah and 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 uh i'll tell you he was very very entertaining i i, I enjoyed it rob i enjoyed every did, round yeah. um what it's a bit of a shame it's not over here though isn't it it is a shame but i i, I think i think it, it works i think for, for bam as well i think it's um mm. yeah and sunny is outspoken i'm sure he would say to us you know that he doesn't care where it is he'll take it anywhere so um yeah and we're looking at bam rodriguez we all know what bam rodriguez is about i just want to say um we always mention bam rodriguez and talk about his power but he's so much more than that isn't he he's a extremely intelligent boxer for me he reminds me a little bit like sonny edwards in in terms of his ring craft he's extremely intelligent in the ring um so i I actually think we're going to see a little bit of a standoff between the boxers. I don't think Bam's going to just let off on Edwards. I don't think he's that silly to think he's just going to go in there and blow Edwards away. I, I, I think it's going to be quite a close, close fight. Um, yeah. I, I struggle to see Bam on points though. Um, I just don't see how, you know, Sonny Edwards, most of his, I know people go at him about the, the knockout thing, but 
he, he knows damn well what he's all about. He's missed the unanimous decision, isn't he? Um, yeah. And that shows he's relentless right the way through to the final bell. Um, the amount of unanimous decisions is a joke for every single one of those judges to to give him a fight. It just shows like the, the level. Um, yeah. So it can, bam, really take two judges' cards minimum. Well, this is it. So, so the point I want to make, Rob, is I, I, going back to that original theory, I think Bam's going to be patient. I think he's going to work his way into the fight. And I think for me, in the mid rounds, I think five, uh, five to eight, I think we're going to see Bam go for it. I think we're going to see him put the, put his foot down, push um, Edwards in, in, you know, back. And we, we know Edwards, is, Ed, Sonny Edwards is going to go into the ropes. And I think it's those middle rounds where Bam is going to exert a lot of his energy and he's going to try and take Sonny Edwards out. I think there's a massive question mark over whether he can. I think he will catch Edwards and I think we're going to see Edwards in a situation we probably haven't seen before. He's going to have to dig deep. Um, I, I think it goes to points and I couldn't tell you who will win. But um, I, I, I think potentially with Bam showing that explosiveness in the middle rounds, which is what I predict, I think we could potentially see Bam edging it on points. Wow. Potentially. But... Potentially, but you know, I, I, this is a 50-50 fight, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, I, I go Sonny. Um, I think Sonny will win on points. Um, I won't say comfortably, but I think with a couple of rounds in hand, um, I think he'll keep him at bay. And it will. I won't say comfortable, of course, it's not going to be comfortable, but um, I think he's going to come out of there looking good. And um, I won't be predicting a Sonny Edwards KO, put it that way, <laughs> but... Um, yeah, I, my last five would be on Sonny on points, as predictable as that is. It's what I believe. Yeah, no, no, it's it's it's, it's a good shout. Um, you know, I, I, I think if if it goes to points, it could go literally either way. I'm going to stick my neck out on this one, Rob, and sport us on listeners and say, I think Bam will have success in the middle rounds, and that will see him win the fight. And I think, um, yeah, I'm looking at Bam. Bam on points, or I think having it in the states makes a big difference on the cards as well. To um, uh, you know, I feel sorry to say, yeah, but it, it will be an interesting one. Um, Rob, is there anything else we need to go through before we go and chat to Liam O'Hare? Uh, no, let's go. Let's go. Right, sporty song listeners, the next part of the podcast, we are talking with Liam O'Hare, fresh off the back of a stoppage. Victory. Liam, welcome back to Sport D Song. It's been a, a very long time, hasn't it? But uh, we finally got you back on. Yeah, thanks for having me on, man. No, it's an absolute uh, pleasure, Liam. And I just mentioned there, uh, congratulations on that stoppage victory last time out against CJ Wood. How did it feel? I don't like to say finally get the stoppage, but it must feel good after it's your sixth fight now as a professional to get that stoppage must have felt great. Yeah, it really did. It feels like it's been a bit of a bit of a long time coming, like you say. But um, yeah, it was nice. And I think, to be honest, the the tweaks in my in in obviously the weight that I was fighting at for the fight um, may have had the desired effects, as it were. So, and you know, when we talk about boxing, Liam, and we look at sort of records and sort of people protecting the O, and especially knockouts. I mean, knockouts don't really obviously mean too much, but is it a relief to finally get that sort of so-called monkey off your back to find? Because in your fights, let's be let's face it, I've I've seen all all of your fights. You've you've been dominating the fights, winning rounds clearly. I, in fact, I think you've probably hard pushed to even drop a round. But um, so 
the, the stoppage element coming, that must be a nice feeling. Yeah, it's really nice. Um, and like you say, in terms of the fear of dropping the O, it's kind of the well, it's a nightmare. I find it because obviously you end, you, you end up having to go through quite a lot of these 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 journeymen who obviously do a lot for the sport and everything like that. But um, having had this stoppage, I'm I'm hoping it creaks open a couple of doors and I can start getting some 50, fight, 50 fights on the go and trying to start to cause some upsets, hopefully. Yeah, um, and what I was going to say to you, Liam, is, is we've spoken about, me and Rob have spoken about this at length on the podcast. And it's, you know, fighting what we sort of term terminology called journey, journeymen. It's, it's a difficult gig, isn't it? Because th these guys... You know that they've been in the ring. They've operated at all different sorts of levels. They're quite used to being defensive, and the away fight. It's not an easy fight. Can you give us sort of an understanding of what it's like to fight these so-called journeymen? Yeah. So, like, like you say, the stoppages don't come easy against the journeymen because um, they're crafty. They're crafty devils. They've been in there yeah. a long time, um, and they know what they're doing in terms of staying on their feet. Because obviously, if they get dropped, they can't fight for like. I don't know how long it is, like four, four odd weeks, maybe two months. Right, yeah, um, yeah. They've got to get the all clear and everything to fight again. So they yeah. miss out on money because they want to be getting out every week, basically. Yeah. Um. So the aim of a journeyman is basically to stay on his feet <clears throat> and lose, basically. Because <laughs> if yeah. they get too many wins, the promoters stop booking them. Um, do you know what? Which, I, which I, I got to say, I honestly do think is a hell of an issue with the boxing game at the moment. But... um. <laughs> Yeah, there, there, there's been a good few articles I've read recently sort of looking into the sort of part that journeymen sort of play in the role of boxing. And they are very key, aren't they, for giving um, boxers like yourself. Let's face it, I know you've had a, a very sort of good amateur career, but the pro game, I think we've said this before as well, Julian, it's, it's a different, almost different sport, isn't it? It's very, it's much more physical. Um, it, it's more sort of factored towards the weight. And you mentioned the weight, earlier uh, Liam what, what's happening with your weight at the moment you've, you've fought at about two or three different weights now haven't you so yeah I have I started off about super welter um and but well the plan was to stay at super welter for weigh-in day before but weigh-in same day was middleweight yep um but I've had well I had some stuff go on with my hormones and such like that was obviously indicating that the weight was potentially too low my right. manager and coach I, I was trying to tell them that my power and stuff was dropping due to the weight they weren't really buying into it so i put i put my foot down and i said right this fight i'm going up to super super middleweight we're gonna do it yeah and i'll just i'll just show you and then i did go out there and i did did sort of show them so i'm hoping they will be more inclined to um let me stay up the weight but again it's going to be a debate um depending on where the fights are and stuff like that because i can still hit the lower weights yeah um i'm just not sure what the what the impact on my long-term health is going to be from doing that. If yeah, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and, and, you know, obviously health certainly comes first because if, if you're not a healthy boxer, then you can't perform in the ring. And it might've been a, a, a factor, like you said, um, Liam, with, with sort of earlier fights when you're, you're sort of dominating these fights, but not able to get the stoppage, maybe these sort of heavier weights will help with that. I think, I think they will. Cause I feel like I had the, I had the, the skills at the lower weight, obviously and the, the, the speed of hand, but I think the substance and the snap in the shot was sort of getting pulled out from the from the weight cut, um, but you know it's it's hard to, it's hard to know for sure, you know. Yeah, and the, the last... I've been doing I've been doing a lot more strength work and stuff like that as well. So there's there's a lot of factors to it. So it's hard to pin one 
one thing as being the only reason. Like, it's not like I went up weight and bound yeah. magically. I got but the power. Do you know what I mean? But you, you see that that's the thing as well, Liam, isn't there? When we look at um, boxing as a sport, you know, it's very easy to look at boxers and criticise and talk about weights. And you know, we, we saw um, the other week with Terence Crawford and, of course, Canelo bouncing up and down the weights. It's it's a, not an easy task when you're considering the difficult nature of boxing in itself anyway is it but um pu- pushing on to cj wood your last opponent yeah we've all seen we've seen the highlight reel we've seen how well you performed um you got that stoppage victory how, how did how did the fight go how did you feel in the fight uh, i felt i felt good on the in, in the fight i felt like i really relaxed i feel like i i took the pressure off myself for that fight and i think it paid off yeah um i went i went out to enjoy myself rather than to necessarily put a stoppage on him or anything like that i yeah. sort of i went out with with purely like putting on a good show for the fans and stuff really um so i think i'll, I'll use that more coming forwards as well um just relax basically and enjoy it because i guess that, that's why i do it in it so yeah absolutely and um you, you mentioned obviously um coming into this fight you, you had a little bit of a a layoff i don't think it was injury but certainly sort of a layoff in the gym and how did you sort of mentally sort of prepare for this fight with those sort of setbacks? Yeah, so I, I had had an injury from... The, I had a um, a trap nerve bottom of the neck, which led to my right arm not really working. Um, it just sort of... It had a flop on, basically. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, so it sort of... It, it came back all right. I was obviously a little bit nervous about it. It's not up to 100%, but it's apparently it's something I'm just going to have to deal with because, um, you know, it, it is, is what it is sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, obviously it came through all right, and the left the left hook to the body seemed to do the trick. So I, did. I didn't need the right for this one. No, it was a fa- yeah, it was a fantastic um, shot, Liam. You fought on is it was BCB again, wasn't it? Um, on, on on the card with uh, Dylan Chima. Did you get a, a chance to have, have a chat with Chima? It's good to see him operating again, oh, isn't it? Yeah, it's always good to see Dylan. Um, he, he comes down. We we do quite a lot of sparring together because we've got Danny Williams down my gym as well, who's a yep. similar weight, and they get some good rounds in together. Um, and there's some other kids at um, Dylan's gym that are like nearer my weight as well. So, yeah, yeah and, it's all, always good to see him. And, and and that gym at the moment, when, when you look at BCB uh, promotions as a whole with, um, you know, you've got Denny um, and Davis, Liam Davis fighting out of those gyms. Um, it, there's a bit of a buzz going on in that sort of area, isn't it? In the sort of Midlands at the moment. Uh, yeah, there definitely is. Yeah. Yeah, it seems to be uh, going on. And, yeah. Any news, Liam, on, on Central area shot coming up uh well it would be a midlands area shot but oh, midlands, um, that's it yeah yeah i've um i've got to get this run out of the way first so basically me, me manager and me coach we were going to get some things on the cards and we were going to be looking at either some sort of shot or um or some tv shot or something like that they, they're looking to work some angles um but uh, yeah, but um, we're waiting to get the run out of the way first because obviously injury and stuff like that because it's a long, long old way. And if I if I like snap a snap a ACL or something like that, it's going to be six months out. So yeah, oh, fingers crossed that doesn't happen. It all goes well and we can get a fight on the card soon. But fingers... just in case we haven't we haven't really started started looking yet. But we absolutely will, we'll run out of the way. Absolutely, and and you know like we said earlier, you know health is the first sort of priority, isn't it? So it's about sort of getting in the gym. Um, working on things and seeing how things sort of go for now, I, I, I sort of assume. Uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, but um, I mean, well, I don't know. I don't know. Well, I, 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 I uh, this run would suggest that I'm not really thinking about my health, but 
But well, listen, Liam, listen, it's great to see you back in the boxing ring and doing what you do best. You, you've got that fantastic skill set that we've seen um, in, in all of your fights. And, you know, stoppage or no stoppage, it, it does build momentum and confidence, doesn't it? So it can only be um, a good thing. Now, Liam, touching off the subject of boxing, you have got a charity event, uh, event on the go, haven't you? Which is a, uh, a quite a uh, lengthy run, isn't it? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, so I'll be running about, I think it's about 128 miles Bloody hell. Um, from Hereford to London. I've got like a support team and all that sort of stuff uh, behind me as well. Um, so hopefully I don't, yeah, we, you know, just keeping an army, all that sort of stuff. We've got all the route planned and everything like that. And we, we go on Saturday, so. And, and that's 128 miles? Yeah, and my, t well, my aim is to do it within, well, within 36 hours, really. Um, Blimey. What, just literally, are, are you going to have breaks or how's it going to work? Yeah, so I think the plan is going to be doing like sort of time slots. Yep. Um, so we've we've worked out where we're stopping and all that, all that sort of stuff on the route plan. Um, but we're we're going to target for a six mile an hour pace um, throughout the duration. So obviously quicker at some bits, slower at some bits as well. Um, and every sort of two and a half hours, I think we're looking to get a stop, uh, swap the socks, tuck the feet. Um, rub down the legs, refill the fluid and out again. So just like quick 15 minute stops to get all that sort of stuff done. And then off I've, again. <laughs> I've, got to, I've, I've got to say something because I'm, I'm computing this in my head as, as you talk. And, you know, it, it, that is a ridiculous amount of miles. And when, when, when you put it into that concept of 36 hours, because a London marathon's 20, 24 miles, isn't it? Yeah, that's it. So the, this is a uh, this is going to be three marathons on day one. The plan is to stop in Oxford, um, so that'll be about wow, just under eighty miles, I think. Um, hell. And then the second day is about close to fifty, so around there, fifty miles into Heathrow. We're going to be be going. I was going to run to Richmond, uh, but the end of the route looks a bit dangerous in terms of traffic, and I'm going to be not quite in my head at that point. So. Wow, um, that is that is honestly, Israel, yeah. Liam. That is some challenge you're putting yourself down. Um, how how do we do, donate? How do people donate um, to your charity? So I've got I've got a GoFundMe page, and I'm raising money for a charity supporting vets locally. Um, it's the First Light Trust. Um, I do I do actually work for them as well. I I, I work in the cafe in the hub, so I, yep. I get to see all the good stuff they do as well. So great, it's definitely definitely a charity worth giving to. That's fantastic, um, yeah. and uh, and some something I'm I'm sure there'll be plenty of stuff on social media where we can follow. That's uh, it. So that yeah, there'll be a link or a page um, on social media or in my bio or something like that. I'm, I think I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah, listen, Liam. It's it's first and foremost, uh, it's great to see you back in a in a boxing ring again. Congratulations for that stoppage uh, victory, and we won't keep it so long for you coming on the podcast again this time. Oh, that's it. Yeah, can't wait to be on again, mate. Uh, <laughs> can't wait to be in the ring again, to be honest, because like I say, it's been a big, big, big long break before that from the last fight. So, yeah, perfect. Yeah, it was good to just be out under the lights. Well, listen, Lim, it's great catching up and we'll catch you again soon. All right, Sam. Much love, man. Cheers, mate. All right, baby. Okay, Sporty Song listeners, that was a good chat with Liam O'Hare. And Rob, it was great to hear about that stoppage. Uh, victory and of course that fantastic charity event and that 128 mile run he is doing for charity it's uh impressive 
Yeah, yeah. Um, thanks for holding the fort as well when I wasn't able to uh, to get on there as well, mate. You did a good job. Um, um, yeah, I love hearing, um, you know, Liam on here. He's, um, well, like you said earlier, he's a friend of the show. We've had him on a couple of times now and um, great to see him. You know, maintaining that unbeaten record, you know, first stoppage as well, fantastic. And this this charity event he's doing is is not for the faint hearted, is it? I mean, it's a long bloody way. It is 128 miles from Hereford to London. Is that's insane? Go. From Hereford in, to London in 36 hours. There we go. Uh, Spoke to song listeners. We have put the links. Um, in the podcast description and also on Twitter as well. So if you can, and I stress if you can um, donate to that cause, it is the veterans of the emergency services and um, army. So it's uh, it's a very worthy cause Liam's fighting for. Um, it, it was interesting hearing, uh, we'll come on to it in a bit again, uh, Rob, but hearing about um, the sort of difference in his, in his weight as well and how, you know, he did fight at, super middleweight against not against the wishes of his trainers but against their sort of judgment and um he got he got a stoppage i mean do, do you take anything from that i take the fact that he got a stoppage um at what would have felt like a much more natural way absolutely um being drained doesn't necessarily mean you keep your natural power and i think i mean obviously it's a it's a small sample because um you know liam's not had a million fights but um and he's had the one ko but it just seems a bit of a coincidence that he's at a more natural comfortable weight um but he's you know he's sort of you know trust me on it that kind of thing and yeah he's gone and got his first stoppage so absolutely there is something in that for me how about you yeah no um I think it's a tricky one, and and I, when I when I spoke to him, we mentioned obviously uh, it, he he only being six and zero at the moment, and um, I I think it's an it's early stages of a box boxer's career to sort of try and work out what the best way is is for them, and and that you can only sort of really find that by having fights, can't you? So it just yeah. shows that vulnerable sort of um, vulnerability of a boxer in that early, in those early stages, but very, very interesting. Um, Rob talking about um, weight classes, obviously super Bantam has been a, um, a mainstay of this podcast since we started it. Uh, there was a big fight at the York Hall with Queensbury, wasn't there between Dennis McCann and in Ionut Baluta. Fantastic. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. Um, I mean, the fight itself was it, it toed and froed. Um, I, I thought the first couple of rounds, Baluta come out quite slow, um, but then he, you know, three, four, he just came to life, started picking up rounds, um, and at times it felt like Dennis was hanging in there. Um, mm. Some of the more quality shots for me were from Dennis, um, yeah. but the flurries, the quantity from from Baluta is just he's just fucking relentless, isn't he? But that's why we love him, and he and you know, Queensbury keep blowing his phone up, you know. Yeah, I've I've actually been a little bit contra well controversial for me um, about this fight because um, you know my opinion on it beforehand was yes it's a great fight um, for a sort of spectator or a boxing fan but I question whether Dennis McCann truly needed this Baluta acid test right now you know Why? yeah because he's. He's at a young age. He's at a young time in his career. Um, I think he's, yes, he's got a little bit of experience in the ring, but not a lot. I think he's on a similar sort of uh, level as Liam Davies. I just think getting in there with someone like Baluta um, is is an acid test. And I, I'm not sure 
Dennis McCann needed that right right this minute. I think I think the Davies fight, I think it was there. I think the yeah. day I think the Davies fight was there for him. I think it's a a better fight for him now. I mean, I, I wouldn't pass judgment at this moment in time who I think would win that, but I think the Baluta fight. I don't think he would have learned an awful lot from it either. I think, you know, fighting a fighter like Baluta, you know, you're just getting Baluta, aren't you? Yeah. Um, as we know with Baluta, he's just simply um, relentless. And he was far too much for Andrew Kane. Yes, he had an injured ha um, hand and he was far too much for, for Dennis McCann. I think Baluta, if we have to look at it and be honest, I think he won the fight. I edged him. Yeah. yeah and it, and. It was... And and it was close. And I go back to your original point about McCann having a cleaner boxing work. And I completely agree with that. But I think if you're a judge in there and you, you score that last round a draw. Two of them did, didn't they? Yeah, which I, I, I find extremely odd. I think you had a Dennis McCann who was pretty much holding on. Um, I think it's disgusting. I think the 10-10 in that last round was disgusting. Yeah. So 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 if you look at that, you've got Baluta clearly winning. Um, well, win it, certainly winning the fight. So... It's, it's a bit of a strange one, I think. Um, Do you think the cut made a difference, though, psychologically? Of course, of course. But it's uh, the, the, the cut did make a difference. But um, had that fight gone on for two more rounds, would we have seen McCann still standing? Is the question um, I ask. I, I don't think would it's a tough question that, but I, the the big one for me is would you see him winning and with knowing the scorecards that we do now at was it round ten? Yeah, um, round ten. Yeah. Then I think he would have he would have lost that fight. Um, yeah. It's it's a tough one because you said the, the Davis fight was there and yes it was obviously Davis and his dad um, were, were there um, and and his dad on Twitter afterwards he he'd replied to something I'd I'd put about um, you know what happens now is it a European mandatory he said well we were, we're hoping that the Dennis fight would come off you know um, but. Um, there's no way that Dennis could have avoided Baluta and just waited for the Davis fight because you'd be looking at October, November and Dennis hadn't been out for ages. So, um, yeah, I mean, yes, he could have took an easier tick over, but, you know, if he'd have gone and beat Baluta last weekend, we'd be saying it's a, a stroke of genius, wouldn't we? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, OK. But my, my point being, I'm going to stick to it. I think... I think potentially I could be completely wrong here, but I think um, I think McCann has um, requested this. I think yeah. I, I think he's puffed his chest out. I think he said, "Give me Baluta," and they've said, "Are you sure?" I want Baluta. I want him, and and, and yeah. I I just think instead of listening to the box, the passionate, you know, youthful boxer, I think they, he should have had his head turned. If I was invested in Dennis McCann and I had an interest in his boxing career, would I have wanted, to, wanted him to face Baluta at this step? No, I wouldn't. I, I, I think by Dennis McCann beating Baluta, what, what, what does he get for that? You know, what, what, where does that push him? And I just think strategically, me personally, I, I would have tried to avoid that fight with Baluta. It, it, it's my personal opinion. Yeah. I know you, um, and for anyone listening, Alex actually did say this before the fight. So it's definitely what he's saying now isn't a hindsight thing either, is it, mate? Um, no, 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 no. You no. said this before. Um, obviously, I, yeah, obviously there are doubts over McCann now because of this. Um, but aside from how where you sort of gauge him at the minute, what a fucking fight. <laughs> like, it, was, it was absolutely brilliant, wasn't yes, it? Um, yeah, I mean, if, 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 we, if we actually boil it down to a fight, it, it, it was everything you would want for a fight at, the York Hall, it, it, it fit that bill perfectly. It yeah. was, it became 
a dog fight. And I think that's where McCann again went wrong. Um, what we saw beautifully, beautifully, Rob, in Telford was <laughs> Liam Davies stand at range, pump out the jab and keep Baluta at a distance. And he, he beat him quite, mm. I wouldn't say easily, but he... Um, he sort of boxed his head off, didn't he? Jabbed his head off. And we saw the opposite of McCann. We saw McCann um, not able to keep Baluta off. And he, he, was, draw- yeah. he, he was drawn into a, a trade. And if, you, if you're trading with Baluta, that is exactly where he wants you. And, Definitely. Um, yeah, and you mentioned and- there about Liam's um, sort of style. It, I know I hate saying styles make fights because everyone says it. But this is, a, is a, a definite case of that because I actually think... I'm not saying... Liam would lose to Dennis because I actually don't think he would. But um, I think Liam's style would actually suit um, McCann more than Baluta's in-your-face style. Absolutely. I think um, does that make sense? Yeah, even it does. Though, yeah, yeah. Even though he dealt with Baluta so well, Liam and and Dennis clearly didn't. I actually think that it would make a yeah. It, but you could make a case for that being a better opportunity for McCann than. I'll put it terribly, but you know my no, point. No, 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 no. I know exactly what you mean, and um, it makes perfect sense. And what, what, what I'm trying to say before this fight even took place is that that Davis fight was on the table, ready to go. And D- Dennis McCann stands. I'm not going to say a better chance, but I think it's a fight that suits. Um, I, I think McCann could look very good against Davis in in parts in that fight. I think he could get a lot of success against Davis, pushing back and potentially potentially beat Davis. I think I think it's a real 50-50 fight. I just think with Baluta, I think the hallmarks were there for Baluta to drag McCann into his type of fight. And that's exactly what happened. He played into Baluta's hands. But like you said, yeah, well, this, yeah. you know, cut into the chase. What a great fight it was. And uh, well, I mean, shout out Baluta. I mean, um, he'll fight absolutely anybody. Um, he seems to be, uh, I said that on Friday, he seems to be running the um, the Queensbury Super Bantam gauntlet at the minute. It's sort of, who have you got? Yep, next. I mean, he'll probably yeah. be in with Brad Foster now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I, I, it was quite funny because I heard his trainer sort of calling out and saying, you know, they should have got the victory. This was Baluta's sort of, chance now he said he was going to push out towards the european again and start you know pushing away from these queensbury fights but obviously with this draw it's looking like he's going to be drawn back into the british uh uk super battle which was is great for boxing fans isn't it rod uh yeah the, the more the merrier of baluto i would say and i think boxing fans we should enjoy him whilst he's on our shores and uh and boxing because he is certainly entertaining and he's He's wiping out these Queensbury hopefuls. I know it was a draw, but McCann got busted up a bit, didn't he? Here's a question. Which was the better fight, Baluta Kane or Baluta McCann? Um, I, I actually, I, I quite, I, I think Baluta McCann. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I'm biased because was... I was at the other one. <laughs> oh, that's true. That is true. Um, but no, you can't beat a bit of claret as well, though, can you? No, it is good. It, it it makes a spectacle of the event, and um, it certainly adds that dramatic aspect to it, doesn't it as well? So yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so another fight, sport to song listeners, which draw attention to me and, and Rob was the uh, Cyrus Pattinson and Connor Walker fight at welterweight on that matchroom. Um, I, I think they call it NG. Do they card or uh, next, next gen? gen? Next, next gen. gen. Next gen card. Um, Rob, you you tweeted me whilst this fight was happening. What happened in this fight? Um, it was just a bloody war. I mean, um, obviously, Pattinson's gone in there. He's Matchroom's boy. Um, 
he's he's undefeated. Um, had a really good um, stoppage win over Chris Jenkins um, earlier this year. I think it was yep. sort of Easter time. Um, riding the crest of a wave, albeit he'd only had sort of five or six fights himself. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got him with Connor Walker, who um, not very well known in the area. Um, he's actually. Um, I only knew of Connor Walker through friends, actually, because I've really? got a few friends in Wolverhampton who um, know him from local gyms. Um, got a fairly decent record, but for me, and, and he's gone in there and, and, and done a job on him. Really, um, yeah. absolute war. When the going got tough, he was he was dropping Pattinson. I think it was four, three or four times that across um, the fight until the stoppage. Yeah. Um, and it just shows that sometimes these these prospects that Matchroom and Queensbury have, we've seen it on both sides of it. And Boxer, you know, you can pad up a record, have one good win, and then suddenly you go in with, you know, someone like Connor Walker, who's industrial, got a good record, um, but but kind of unknown, and they get found out. Yeah. Well, I, I actually looked at it, Rob, and I, and I I personally think I think you know, first and foremost, massive um, hats off to yeah, props, for, yeah. To, props for Connor Walker for just getting in there and 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 taking taking that fight away from from um, Pattinson. And he was so humble in victory, wasn't he? He was. Yeah. Uh, it, it it was great to see an interview like that. You know, he wasn't there sort of spitting blood. He was just saying, you know, in fact, what what one of the things I want to come on to, Robbie. It, He's actually giving advice to Pattinson. He said, you know, I, I think <laughs> he, he said, I think he's cut the weight too much. I think he's yeah. cut the weight to get down to well. And I, he, he didn't have the gas tank. And, um, you know, it, we talk about weight a lot, obviously, in, in boxing. Is that a problem you've noticed, Rob, with um, weight cuts or boxers trying to get down to these sort of lower weights? I just don't understand it. I really don't understand it. I think the women have shown um how to do it you know but fluctuating between divisions going higher natasha jonas is a good example you know she and, and um uh terry harper you know they both jumped up three divisions just to get a crack at a, another world title obviously um terry had won one before but um tasha hadn't jumped up two or three divisions and suddenly she's banging on the door of undisputed so they have shown the way to go um you can go up in weight it's very rare nowadays that you see career weight so like for instance errol spence he's pretty much a career welterweight and in the end it kind of caught up with him didn't it and yeah. i'm finding this with i mean at prospect level which is where pattinson is let's face it that's dangerous like you know um you should be feeling it out really not killing yourself to make weight this early in your career because like i said before going some going with someone who's got a decent record um industrial fighter who's on weight it's a recipe for disaster. Yeah, and and you, 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 like like you touched, we touched on er, earlier with Liam O'Hare. He's sort of noticing now the benefits of fighting at a more comfortable weight, and that sort of extreme weight cut, sort of having health implications. Even I mean, that's what um, what Liam was mentioning, and and um, Co- Connor Walker giving that sort of advice to him after he just beaten the guy was was I it was genuine was, as well. Wasn't I, it? it was really genuine and um, very very refreshing. So. Uh, yeah, a great fight overall. If we're looking at Pattison now, um, you mentioned the Chris Jenkins fight. One thing I observed with with Pattinson is that he's he's happy to sort of meet in the middle of the ring and really engage his head in the centre of the ring. You know, he's almost sort of leaning in to the centre of the ring. And I noticed that in the Chris uh, Jenkins fight, he had a war with Chris Jenkins. I personally think that Walker done his homework and noticed that he's happy to sort of almost bring that high guard into the middle. And if you watch some of the knockdowns, he just went straight through the middle. 
Bulldozer. He, yeah. yeah he, he, he knew he was walking onto him. He knew he wanted to take centre of the ring and he just, boom, bided his time and went straight through the middle. So I think Pattinson, as we know, he's a prospect of matchroom. I think he, he, he can come again, but it might be worth taking some of those sort of uh, suggestions or that sort of advice from Walker and potentially looking at going up a weight. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, and I hope um, Connor Walker gets a bit more expo- like TV exposure, you know, winner stays on kind of thing. Um, Absolutely. Because these fighters, they, they're on the small hall shows, um, local shows, and, you know, they don't get seen. I mean, I, I'll be honest, I'd not heard of him in my time until maybe a couple of weeks before the fight, before a few friends mentioned it. Yeah. Um, I don't know about yourself, but... No, no, it, I it was, um, But what a great story. And, you know, he, he now can go after what sort of 15 or so fights it could end up um, on a regular tv you know deal maybe not with matchroom but somewhere else yeah you know and and what was great as well is he he had half the arena um because it's wolverhampton to birmingham is really not far so um yeah absolutely brilliant story that is good to see and uh sport to song listeners we are coming towards the end of round 35 of this boxing podcast rob is there anywhere else we need to sort of go before closing out um, well, obviously we're bi- bi-weekly, so um, by the time we we record again, we'll have had uh, the rematch between Liam Smith and Chris Eubank Jr. So, um, do you want to throw a couple of predictions out there? Let's do it. You put me on the spot. Um, yeah, it's um, that fight is coming up next week, as we all know. Um, I, I, I just think personally, I, I, I can't really see a um, a different different outcome, Rob. Um, we had a, a big case. I think both of us had a big case for um, Eubank, Eubank Jr. to sort of um, almost sort of beat um, Liam Smith on, on, on points or certainly sort of out-muscle him in rounds, but we didn't see that. Um, I personally think that Liam Smith will win the fight on points. I don't think Eubank will go in with the same gusto or he won't certainly won't, um, what's the best terminology, sort of blow his load in, in the early rounds, <laughs> for want of a better word. And, and and I think we'll see a cagier fight, but I, th- I think Liam Smith will come out on top. Hmm. Yeah, I am. Um, I, I to and fro, I'd still to and fro, even though how dramatic the first fight was. Um, fuck on, it, I'll, go, I'll, I'll go with Eubank, I'll go with Eubank on points, um, just because I think it's the only way he can win. Um, I think Liam is way too durable to be stopped. Um, and I get, it's such a small sample because it finished so early, but Eubank did win the first couple of rounds. And and again, Smith didn't didn't really land until he landed, which again sounds silly. But um, if, if Eubank can learn from that and avoid him, I don't, I, I actually disagree. I, I don't think Liam Smith can win on points against Eubank. I just think he'll be outboxed across the 12. Um, so, um <sighs> No, I'll go Eubank points just to be different, but um, I, I can't see it happening again the same as last time. Listen, it, it is a great shout, Rob. You've got myself going for uh, Liam Smith on points and Boxing Shrew going for Eubank. It's, 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 it's a great shout and, um, you know, it, it should be an interesting night for Boxing well, as there, There's some big fights on that card as well. We went through them um, last last week as well. There's some there's some interesting fights, they say. But yeah, um, yeah. it'd be a good night of boxing. Anything else, Rob, we need to go into? No, we're good, mate. We're good. Good to be back. Yep, good to be back. And Sports Song listeners, we'll catch you on the next podcast. Take care. Cheers, guys.